it's Wednesday. 21st of November? 21st of November. Last week we uh, looked at the husbandman coming looking for fruit. Um, and, and as we said, the message hasn't got any easier. I want to start with two scriptures, just to read the scriptures. Because yesterday someone rang me up several times, and each time they used the word authority, because their church apparently is doing what churches often do, um, preaching and teaching on authority in order to get the sheep to come in under the rod. Um, you know, you're under my authority type of thing. And it caused me to start thinking about the whole business of authority uh, and um, what actually the Word says about it and how I think that in the new year I'll have to be doing some teaching about um, authority. And first I'm going to start with what it means to someone like me who's, if you like, a guardian of the flock because God has given me into you you into my care so it's up to me to actually warn to guide to counsel to look after to tend to nurture to nourish the flock at wherever you happen to be personally it's not a group thing it's something i have to watch the sheep carefully see where they are and come into them where they are at so i won't be suggesting that if you're just a baby you're jumping that high I'll be popping you over the cavaletti and encouraging you to pick your feet up and go over it nicely, you know, and approach the jump in a collected manner. Is that right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> With the leg on. <laughs> Going well on the bit. So I will be propelling you forward into God's arms all the time. So this is my the counsel to me. I warn Peter talking now, 1 Peter 5. I warn and counsel the elders among you, the pastors and spiritual guides of the church, as a fellow elder and an eyewitness, called to testify of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a sharer in the glory, the honour and splendour that is to be revealed, disclosed, unfolded. I'm reading from the Amplified. Tend, nurture, guard, guide and fold the flock of God that is your responsibility there's a lot there isn't there nurture, guard, guide, fold the flock of God that is your responsibility not by coercion or constraint but willingly not dishonourably motivated by the advantages and profits ITS not ETS <laughs> belonging to the office but eagerly and cheerfully not domineering as arrogant, dictatorial and overbearing persons over those in your charge, but being examples, patterns and models of Christian living to the flock, the congregation. And then, when the chief shepherd is revealed, you will win the conqueror's crown of glory. Here comes your bit. Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers and spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe, apron yourselves, all of you, with humility, as in the garb of a servant, so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you, with freedom from pride and arrogance toward one another. For God sets himself against the proud, the insolent, the overbearing, the disdainful, the presumptuous, the boastful, and he opposes, frustrates and defeats them, but gives grace, favour, blessing to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves, demote, 
lower yourselves in your own estimation not under the mighty hand of the leader <laughs> under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you casting the whole of your care all your anxieties all your worries all your concerns once for all on him for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully be well balanced temperate sober of mind be vigilant and cautious at all times <clears throat> this is the bit that I want because this is where we're going this morning for that enemy of yours the devil roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger seeking someone to seize upon and devour withstand him be firm in faith against his onset rooted established strong immovable and determined knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood the whole body of Christ throughout the world so that's that bit and then Galatians <laughs> 5, 13 to 26 I just wanted to start with a good chunk of scripture in the Galatians 5, 5 13 to 26 And Paul is talking about freedom. 13 to 26. For you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh and an opportunity or an excuse for selfishness. But through love you should serve one another. For the whole law concerning human relationships is complied with in one precept you shall love your neighbour as you do yourself. But if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, be careful that you and your whole fellowship are not consumed by one another. But I say walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh, of human nature without God. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh, godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. But if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to law. Now the doings, practices of the flesh are clear obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, they're the sexual sins. Idolatry, sorcery, they're the witchcraft stuff. Enmity, strife, now we're coming into human nature. Jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions, dissensions, party spirits, loads of them. Factions, sects with particular opinion, peculiar opinions, heresies, now the bits of the flesh, envy, drunkenness, carousing and the like. So if he hasn't included it in there, it's in, in as the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the reign and rule of Christ in your life. That is one of the areas 
when we say thy kingdom come when we pray the Lord's prayer or the disciples prayer we're actually asking for his kingdom to come in our lives so we shouldn't be surprised when he suddenly starts saying okay then and takes him a bit helps himself to a slice <laughs> you want my kingdom well it'll mean this going put your own name on it but the fruit here we come to what we're supposed to be studying of the Holy Spirit the work which his presence within accomplishes is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, this is the amplified, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things there is no law that, that can bring a charge. And those who belong to Christ Jesus the Messiah have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature, with its passions, appetites and desires. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward, walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Holy Spirit. Let us not become vainglorious and self-conceited, competitive, and challenging, provoking and irritating to one another, envying and being jealous of one another. I noticed when I looked at this this morning that it said about being jealous twice and you'll see why I'm interested in that in a minute when uh, <coughs> we come to have a little look. So, over the last couple of weeks we've been looking at the fruit of kindness and I want to do a little diversion um, because of something that has happened and that's something that has happened is, is June's headache. As we grow and develop as a group it is inevitable that we will attract the attention of the enemy. This is good because it means that we're being effective. Most churches are not good enough to be attacked by the enemy. You know you hear people saying oh we're under attack with this with that. No you're not. It's probably God that's doing it. It's most likely God. Because we do have to, as I'm always saying, ask who's doing what to whom. You know, the questions. Is this you? Is this the devil? Am I reaping what I've sown? Am I training for raining? Are you nailing something in my life? <clears throat> always good to find out what's going on. I never take it when someone says, oh, we're under attack. I think, well, let's see which particular territorial spirit it is. The one great territorial spirit or the enemy? So we have actually attracted um, the attention. And one of the problems is that if we're not aligned with God, we're automatically aligned with the enemy. There is no in-between. Um, you're in one camp or the other. So if you're out of alignment with God in some area, you are automatically in the camp of the enemy. There's no grey area, no no man's land you're in agreement with God or you're in agreement with the enemy so we must learn to bow only to the will and wishes of our father uh, when I spoke to June about this headache um, we tried to pray but of course the headache was so intense poor kids she couldn't hear anything so that meant that we had to actually marshal ourselves I wish I'd known you would got it before <laughs> do phone me if you get into troubles because that's what we're here for this is what 
you know, guarding one another's backs is all about. And you can't actually be out with someone when you're trying to guard their back. It's brilliant, you know. When you pray for one another, you cannot bless and curse at the same time because, you know. And when I was praying about it, um, and I've already spoken to June and Sue about it, I asked Sue if she would stand back to back with June and protect June's back. Because as we go on and I open up what I think has happened here, because it's all to the prophet, the enemy never wins, it's brilliant, we get to win every single time because we learn. And it's so we're never ever ever the tail, we're always the head. Uh, so she's been suffering with severe head pains over the past few days, if not weeks, because she hasn't been well for some weeks. And it's effectively stopped her in her desire to be with the Lord and to seek after him with all her heart, soul, mind and strength. So as I said, as we grow on, our care and concern for each other should become greater and greater because we're all fellows in the same ship. It's called fellowship. <laughs> Bit of a sad one, isn't it? <laughs> fellows in the same ship. I'm scared, you know, to put a name on anything because it, it somehow, if you put a name on something, it starts to solidify into whatever you put the name on. So I sort of call it a, a, a group or a... Even when I'm praying about the group, I say a group or a, a collection or a flock. A flock, I think flock's nice. Flock. And when I was sort of praying and talking to the Lord in the bath this morning about this, he really reminded me of the great shepherd of the sheep, Jesus. Um, and when I'd spoken to Mick yesterday and talking about this authority business that was coming across, I'm thinking, Jesus doesn't lord it over the flock. He watches over the flock and he leads them. He looks after them. And Joyce's dad was a sheep farmer, keep coming to that. You have to drench them, don't you? That shoves something down their mouths to... to get the maggots out of the insides as well. You have to stick them in a sheep dip to get rid of the stuff that's in their wool. Maggots under the tail, something in the feet, you know. Sometimes you see them kneeling down eating and I said to Joyce, isn't that sweet? She said, no, they've got bad feet. <laughs> I thought, oh, poor little mites. I'm thinking they're kneeling down a bit like me, you know, the easier it is to eat the <laughs> nearer you are to the troughs <laughs> but it's not that at all they've got something wrong with their feet so you've got to look at their feet, look at their ears, look at their eyes like, uh, open their mouth, up under the tail you've got to just be looking at them all the time so look out you lot <laughs> and I thought on this and I thought leadership has got to be something different from what we see in the church um, and um, the church has got a virus did you know but we'll talk about that some other time. So what I was interested in was how this happened and how to close the breach that obviously he'd made or there was for him to get in. <coughs> and there are lots of things tied up with the incident because God never wastes time. And as I said before, one of them is my position of leadership in this group, which I don't talk about very much because I don't really like to own the fact that that is what I've got but is the days that we're coming into more and more I'm actually going to have to accept the fact that he's put me in a position of leadership and leaders have to lead have to lead you somewhere uh, hopefully not round in circles so 
Well, that's how it's going to be. So as we grow on and develop, we will need to look at the role of both the flock and the shepherd, like we were looking at the responsibilities that we have to each other. And there is a way in which I'm accountable to you as your oversight, and there's also a way in which you're accountable to me as I am your oversight. And someone in oversight is someone who looks out for the welfare of the flock. And I read a little story this morning which I thought was very interesting. Um, the man having been taught that the shepherds in Israel always led the flocks, unlike in this country where they drive them, um, they always lead them. The sheep hear his voice, the shepherd's voice, and they follow him. That's the way it's done. You know, many flocks going down to water, all the shepherds standing there talking to each other, having a jar and a fag. All the flocks are mingling there. And suddenly one of the shepherds will say, right, come on, we're off. And the sheep will separate out from, you know, out they come and follow the shepherd. Uh, and this guy was in this, uh, let's say, was in Israel, and he saw this man driving these sheep. So he said to him, you know, I thought you didn't do that in this country. You know, I thought you shepherds led the sheep. And the man turned round to him and said, I'm not a shepherd, I'm the butcher. Mm. I thought, ah. So how many of us have been under fellowship leadership where you have been under a butcher and not under a shepherd? I'll leave you to think about it. The butcher drives them to their death, doesn't he? Do you remember that dream that I had? I've just remembered it so clearly. I had a dream and I was in this dream I was driving along a country road, trees either side, very dark to my left. could see in my rear view mirror two cars behind me. And as I'm driving, I looked in the and suddenly they both peeled off these cars to the left, and I knew that there was a swamp there. And both these cars straight into the swamp with the occupants. And I'm terrified. And the next minute, I, the next frame in the dream was two pairs of men's trousers walking towards me. And I, I couldn't see beyond the knees. But I knew that they were both the drivers of the cars and that if I looked up I would be able to identify who they were and they had just driven people to their death because I knew in the dream that they were leaders. And this is many years ago now and when God gave me the interpretation of the dream there were two leaders in this church. They came here for a church weekend thing, uh, not weekend, church day, to all pray about what was going on in the church. And one of the congregation got the picture of a train with an engine at both ends, both pulling in opposite directions. Because both these leaders wanted the leadership. One was set there by God and one was a usurper. One was not supposed to be in leadership. So you can guess what yours truly got the job of, can't you? telling the one who wasn't in leadership that he needed to stand down. Went down like a double rat sandwich, that did. So then God gave me another dream. And in this dream, I saw a lift. And it was going up and down. And there were two people in this lift. And one was a short man and one was a tall man. And they were going up and down. And somehow I knew 
that one wanted to kill the other one. And again, I got this sort of cold feeling in my stomach as I heard as the lift went out a gurgling noise and I knew one of them had garroted the other one. I knew. Again, I was sent to this particular leader to say, the Lord has given me this. I told his wife first and she said, yes, that is what he's doing, but he won't hear. So then I went to him and I told him, double rat sandwich, absolutely just didn't, did not respond at all. He was actually here seeing to my computer and he just looked at me. Is that all you've got to say? Yeah. And then three months later, I had to write to him, reminding him of the dream and saying, you, your blood is not on my hands. You know, it, it says in Jeremiah or Ezekiel, one of those, if you don't warn, then the blood will be on your hands. But if you've warned, it's on their own heads. So I wrote and said, this is it. End of story. The fellowship no longer exists. It's just gone. You wouldn't know it has ever been there. So what's happened to either of them, I don't know. So I am here. So I suppose there's both a warning and an encouragement in that, that God is watching over his flock and he will not let the shepherds mistreat the sheep. He will take it so far. I, I find it a tremendous responsibility to be in care of even one sheep because I have got to treat that sheep as God wants them treated. Leadership is not something where the leader says, um, jump and the congregation say how high. I mean this doesn't happen so much in, in churches like the Anglican church, I think you're largely left alone there, but in the charismatic movement it, it is there is a power struggle goes on so often and that is the virus that is infecting the church. Uh, it's called Eros and we'll look at that m more fully. Uh, but God is doing something about it in this day and age and as I say there has been something, um, Father, significant actually hit church on the way last weekend, we are understanding. We don't know the fullness of it yet, um, and, and there is no rancour in our hearts towards anyone. We're just so sad, um, because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It really is that we're in this for the long haul, not the short sprint. It's not shooting star time. It is a long obedience in the same direction. If you love me, you will obey me. That is basic, fundamental. That's how we show our love to him, that we obey him. The things that I've told you about, the words that I've had to bring, I did not find easy. I was terrified. Do not be afraid of their faces is one that recurs for me, otherwise I will frighten you before my face sort of thing. So you're between a rock and a hard place, give the word the way I tell you to give it and then just go away and leave it. So I actually am not here to make a name for myself or assume some kind of exalted position over you. My function is like that of a gardener, to grow you on 
and pot you on at the right time <laughs> when your roots need to expand so that you may bear fruit and this might mean that when I will ask you to do things you don't feel capable of because I want to put you into a bigger pot get your roots to extend it means that it's time you were stretched a little so it's all for the good as Graham would say if we don't keep growing we stagnate you know you don't expect a baby to be born and then not not grow you'd be horrified if it didn't so just quickly really I want us to consider why June was under this attack and what God may be teaching us and some of you may remember that I taught a little bit on the power of jealousy uh, that it has to invite satanic opposition towards the object where the jealousy is directed. Um, if you notice the scriptures that I read, I said in Galatians, it was amazing, I saw it twice there. Jealous, or je jealousy twice and envy. So I believe that's what we're looking at here. Somehow, a spirit of jealousy has been released and because it's been released, it has afflicted June in this way. And there was a classic case of this uh, when I first heard about it, a teaching by a guy called Arthur Burke. And he spoke on um, a group who was uh, going to, coming from Israel and going to the USA. They were going to tour the States. And um, I think before they even got there, in quick succession, there were three severe heart attacks uh, amongst the people from Israel and the person who was coordinating the, the thing in, in the USA. He went down, or she went down with a heart attack as well, with the result that instead of the group being able to meet upwards of 400 people, they met about 10 in someone's front room. Uh, so the Lord told him to go and telephone his intercessor, who would know what the answer was. So he phoned her, and they had a little discussion, and he asked her, and she said, I haven't got a clue. But the Lord told me you've got the answer. He said normal prayer was being remarkable by its uselessness. And that is exactly what we found with June. Normal prayer, remarkable by its uselessness. In fact, probably got worse. Uh, remember when I was being attacked when Robin was here and you guys prayed for me? They laid hands on me, I nearly hit the roof. Because it was demonic, I w it was worse. Because that's the way it goes. You lay hands on someone and, and the root is demonic, the, the pain is even even hurt worse. Suddenly this lady asked him a question. Wait a minute, I must find the question that she asked so it's properly. Prayer was hugely ineffective and that the Lord gave her to ask a question. Is there anybody that wanted to be included in this ministry who was excluded? Oh yes, was the answer. There were individuals in Israel that wanted to be included, and were not. And there were ministries in the USA, that, uh, in the, um, Israel, that wanted to be included, and were not. And they should, thought they should have been in, in, involved in coordinating uh, the, ministry, the, the ministry tour, and they were not. So what had happened was that having had the first three heart attacks, what was amazing was the, the, the um, recovery rate was hugely quick, much more than normal. But they went on to have three more heart attacks during the course of the tours and open heart surgery to, just to bless the lot. So it was obvious 
that something was going on. And uh, he, he says that on prayer, the Lord said that this spirit of jealousy from the people who weren't included in what they wanted, they wanted to be part, and they weren't, or they, whatever it was had generated this spirit which gave it the black platform for attacking the persons, or in this case, the person. And when I prayed for June yesterday, I felt it was the result of either envy or jealousy on the part of persons or persons unknown that had given a landing pad there. And some of you may know that from June, uh, from the 1st of December, which isn't it funny that those two anniversaries cropped up there like that in your word this morning, that it's almost to the day that you got your letter of engagement was it letter of employment from the Lord and and that you're starting with us on the 1st of December because that was the the letter that he said as from the 1st of December wasn't it she's going to be employed by the trust uh, for the specific purpose of IT and this is a God appointment so I'm not pointing the finger at anyone I'm just saying we must guard our hearts with all diligence because as the scripture I read first go off the enemy stalks about seeking whom he may devour. And in this case, he's had June for lunch for a couple of days. But as also came to me this morning in the bath when I was sort of praying and talking to the Lord about it, good place to talk to him, um, that there was an underlying natural cause, causal factor as well for the headache. But largely, I think, it probably went, once I discovered what it was and, and actually came against what the assignment that was over you I hope uh, yeah because I wanted to speak to you this morning to find out whether actually it started to, to, to diminish after I'd actually found out what it was I know it got worse first of all okay sure sign sure sign <coughs> so even sorry how do you protect yourself from that then? Because I mean, it could be loads of people jealous. I mean, you could just you could be out and about. And yeah, there's and not the same. This is a ministry, God-given. Yeah, there is a purpose in what we're doing. We're spearheading something here. Uh, we're taking ground from the enemy, and he hates it. Anybody who actually joins us to do anything will be subject to the same warfare. Tally ho! Only makes you stronger. It's not nice while you're going through it. You, you all know about my knee the, the, the months I was like a bolt through my knee because of going down to speak to Ruth about things she, Joyce handed me the phone as she handed me the phone the bolt went through my knee and I thought that would go off in a minute but it didn't <laughs> um, so you get warfare simply because of what you're doing and you're on another level meeting a bigger devil but this one, when I prayed for June, the first thing that came into my mind was just the spirit of jealousy. Now, the, the fact of it is that even jealous thoughts are sufficient. That is the scary bit. Even if we are thinking enviously about somebody else, that is enough. Because anyone who tells you the enemy can't read your mind doesn't know because that's where the battleground is surely he knows what's going on up there we used to say in the world didn't we don't tell the devil too much of your mind that's an old that's that's a worldly saying they even realize it but there are some well-respected ministries that will say to you oh well, the devil can't read your mind 
in Jolly Well Kern. So there's power in thoughts as well as words. And I've no idea where it's come from. And it's not necessarily an inside job. It could well be an outside job because we know many people and it could even be Aaron. You know, it could well be someone as close as that. Uh, bless him. So we're like Nehemiah and his crew. When he rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem, there were attacks from inside and outside and they're built with a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. Um, so what is the sum of what I'm saying? Two things. Guard your heart and your thought life against the enemy. Don't give him any ground. Be united in heart and purpose with each other. Give yourself wholly to Jesus. Pray, thy will be done every day and mean it. This incident is just a lesson for us because God allows his wisdom what he could easily prevent by his power. And I've actually, as I said before, asked Sue if she will stand back to back with June and specifically pray for her like Joyce prays for me. She prays for me night and morning to cover me with the work that I'm doing during the course of the day. The Lord will show you maybe to write a crafted prayer for June, but it means effectively that you are protecting her back. And in protecting her back, you're back to back with each other, so you're protected as well while Robin's away. So there is like a, a, a unity that's coming together with you. So here endeth the lesson, I think, dear. Thank so if you. you if you need protection, it's not enough just for you to pray over yourself. Then you, it's more powerful. Uh, again, it, yeah, it is. But again, this is a ministry situation. Ordinary individuals going about their business are not going to be too much of a threat to the devil. It is when you get in a, into a group here where we are beginning to get to be a powerhouse. Things are significantly happening. The kingdom of darkness is being pushed back. We're plundering him right, left and centre, even in individual lives. It is then that you need to come under the prayer cover, sustained prayer cover from other people. If you've got a call on your life, you're going to need prayer cover. That's why Graham Cook has... That's why he has prayer partners. And praise God, we got a report in yesterday. It just said, hey warriors, job well done. He had hardly any warfare in Australia where he'd expected to come head to head with religious spirits. And we were just given a small um, crafted prayer to pray, which we just did. Prayer, never underestimate the power of prayer. It doesn't have to be lengthy. The feeblest prayers God hears. So what I was going to ask you guys to do would, would be to just to take some time to pray for each other this morning. You know, just split into twos or whoever God's speaking to you about going and, and, and joining up with. Just getting before the Lord, asking him what area you need to zoom in on and then pray for each other.